Welcome to the Ink Productivity Tip of the Day. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Today's tip. How to cope with setbacks and come out stronger. From Tim Elmore. When I look back on my life and career, I see more gains than losses. Upon deeper reflection, however, I think my memory is reconstructed. While I recall tragedies, setbacks, and losses, I see them through a different lens than most people do. I'm not in denial, but I perceive how each disadvantage became an advantage. Type 1 diabetes, a chronic disease, has built discipline in me and a sense of urgency. When a payroll company embezzled $30,000, it made me a wiser negotiator. And during a plane crash left me injured, but enabled me to clarify my life's mission. An illegitimate lawsuit forced us to practice better systems for hiring and firing. A knife held to my throat downtown forced me to determine my priorities. When loads of products were stolen, we learned a better way to handle inventory. My point is that you can determine what you see because you can choose what you look at and what you focus on expands. The trouble is that instead of reflecting, most ruminate. My friend Randy Hain, an executive coach, just reminded me that we often drift into ruminating on what we've lost instead of reflecting on what we've gained. Let me offer three options you have when facing a loss. One, a loss can define you. For millions, this is their default mechanism. They suffer a tragic loss, a job, a family member, an investment, a spouse, a promotion, you name it. And this loss begins to define who they are. Their self-image morphs based on what's been taken away. They suffer imposter syndrome, believing that maybe they didn't deserve that job anyway. Soon they make decisions based on their plummeting sense of identity. And it's confirmed over and over. Before they know it, depression sets in and their ambition evaporates. They're now defined by a setback, perhaps a single setback, and their life is never the same again. The antidote for this is something we know deep down, but forget in this emotional state. We must never place our sense of identity in something that can be taken away. Athletes suffer when they place their entire sense of self in their sport and then age out. Our talent, looks, or income should not define who we believe we are. The healthiest people choose something internal and eternal to define themselves. What's inside of you and before you are more important than what's behind you. Two, a loss can confine you. This response is also common and only slightly better than the first one. Many people suffer a loss and they allow yesterday to confine what they imagine for tomorrow and experience molds and restricts them from the freedom to envision significant success. 
When a loss defines us, it diminishes our sense of identity. When a loss confines us, it diminishes our sense of capacity. We might remain emotionally healthy people, but we settle for less. We are limited and hampered more than in the past. We tell others we've become more realistic, but that's a cop-out. We're more pessimistic about our prospects and constrained in what we'll attempt. The antidote for this is to reflect on our best days, not our worst ones. After a loss, I spend time thinking about my most significant accomplishments. I read thank you notes I've received and even affirm out loud what I know to be true about myself. While this may sound cheesy, it prevents the mental limitations that come from the negative narratives around us. If we fail to handle losses well, we'll eventually go to our graves with loads of potential still inside us. Never let your yesterday keep you from your tomorrow. Learn from it, but don't live with it. Three, a loss can refine you. This option is the one I've chosen. It's healthy in that it assesses the loss that's happened yet allows it to play a proper, positive role in our growth. When we let losses and failures refine us, we avoid a state of denial and embrace a state of development. We can genuinely say, I am a work in progress. As I review my setbacks, car accidents, a chronic disease, a plane crash, theft, and a lawsuit, I worked to make them toll booths, not roadblocks for me. I paid a price and continued forward. They were hurdles that made me more agile and less fragile. How do we enable losses to refine us? There are three key decisions involved. First is our attitude. We must remain optimistic about our future. We must maintain a strong sense of identity. Second is our accountability. We must position people we admire next to us to hold us accountable to learn from and gain from our losses. We must request they ask us hard questions. Third is our teachability. We must embrace a growth mindset, not a fixed mindset. We must refuse to drift into a victim mentality by recognizing how we benefit from our losses or setbacks. This enables us to turn disadvantages into advantages. Winston Churchill is said to have exhorted listeners, if you're going through hell, keep going. Although the International Churchill Society says that this quote is fake as it can't find an original written or spoken citation. Nonetheless, it's great advice. Novelist Robert Jordan, in his book, The Fires of Heaven, Tour Fantasy 1993, framed it this way. The oak fought the wind and was broken. The willow bent when it must and survived. That's it from Inc. Check back weekday mornings at 6 a.m. Eastern for more tips. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute.